Why is God so angry? Isn't the Bible full of contradictions? How could God allow so Isn't much science to disprove the Bible? Good. How can the Bible say the earth was created in six days? How can the Bible say the earth was created in six days? Hi, everyone. In May 2016, uh, one of sport's greatest surprises happened in, in the UK and England. The English Premier League uh, typically is won by, by one of four or one of five clubs, certainly of the last 20 years. And these are kind of the big money clubs with, with the big name stars from around the world. Well, in, in 2016, uh, an incredible surprise happened. And, and you've probably never heard of it, or most of you would have never heard of it. But it was a team called Leicester City. And in their in their 132-year history, they'd never won the Premier League. The Premier League is a 20-league uh, division where everybody plays each other twice. So, so 38 games. And at the end of the 38 games, the, the top team wins the prestigious uh, League Cup trophy. And, and Leicester won this amazingly against all odds. In fact, bookkeepers had them at 5,000 to 1 chance of winning. So, so virtually nil. And to everyone's surprise, uh, they, they won, they lifted the trophy and really put their, their, the name of their club on the map. And it's really a David and Goliath story. When you think of the big money clubs and, and this smaller, smaller town with, with a lot less resources uh, winning the league. And we all love a, a David and Goliath story. And that's what we're going to look at this morning is this familiar story of, of David and Goliath. And recently we watched uh, The Princess Bride. Uh, some of you may have watched that. And, and I kind of think of, well, I think of Goliath, uh, I think not like Andre the Giant, that lovable uh, character in The Princess Bride. So I, I couldn't quite get him out of my mind. So I mentioned that anyway. But, uh, but David and Goliath, I think most will be familiar with the story of, of, of David, a shepherd um, who, who takes on Goliath, a nine foot giant who, who stands there defying the the, the army of Israel and, uh, and, and, and David with you know, just a, a sling and a stone defeats him, this, this armed uh, giant. So let's, let's look at a couple of lessons perhaps we can learn from David and Goliath. So first of all, when we think of, of Goliath, he really represents uh, the enemy of God. He, he was kind of the, the showman or the main uh, warrior of, of the Philistines who were camped against Israel. And the, the narrative in, in 1 Samuel 17 speaks of, of, of the Philistines being on one hill and the Israelites on the other, and there's a valley between. And this, this giant would come out each day and he would insult the, the army of Israel and, uh, and basically put this challenge down that, why don't you send one man to fight, with, fight me? And whoever wins, uh, then the whole war is over. That, that, that country wins. And uh, when we think of Goliath, we think of God's enemy. And, and I want to first of all suggest that, that God's enemy is a formidable force. And, and Goliath certainly was a formidable force. Let me read these verses to you from, from 1 Samuel 17, verse 4. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor weighing 5,000 shekels. That's about 125 pounds. On his legs, he wore uh, bronze greaves. And a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. So he was a formidable force. He, he brought fear into all who, were, who would see him. Verse 11 says, On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed 
and terrified. So I want to suggest to you that, that God's enemies um, are a formidable force. God's enemy, certainly ultimately Satan and the devil, he's a formidable force. Uh, he's also fearful. And, and ultimately, the, the, the enemy of God here, Goliath and the Philistines, um, they were not just defying Israel. But when David actually meets him, he says, you're defying the living God. You're defying the God of Israel, the living God of Israel. And that's the same with us, isn't it? That, that our enemy is not just defying us as human beings, but, but actually as God's uh, daughters and sons, his children, his, his chosen people, because that, that's what we are. So, so the battle is not against us. It's actually against God. So let's look at David. I mean, Goliath, Goliath kind of speaks for himself. Nine foot giant. You don't need to say much more. But let's, let's look at David. He was an unlikely choice. If you remember uh, in, in the narrative in, in 1 Samuel 16, we have uh, Samuel who, who goes to, the Lord tells him to go to Jesse, go to the town of Bethlehem and anoint uh, one of Jesse's sons. And then Jesse has eight sons and, and they all come out one by one. Eliab, the first one, as Samuel sort of says, he says, surely this is the one. You know, he, he fits the part. He looks the right. He, he seems to fit every description of, of the future king. But the Lord tells Samuel to, to, to say, no, it's not, it's not Eliab. And that happens through seven sons. And finally, at the end of the seven sons, almost kind of reluctantly, Samuel says, is there any more? And, and Jesse says, yeah, well, there is. There's, there's David. He's, he's looking after the sheep. And then when David comes in uh, and, and Samuel sees him, and the Lord says to Samuel, he's the one, anoint him. And we have that, that great phrase that, that I think is such an encouragement to, to many of us, that, that God looks not at what man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And God saw something in David. There was something there that, that, that God wanted to use and, and, and David fit the bill. So we have, we have this unlikely choice where God looks at the heart and he chose David, the unlikely one of the eight. He was a young man full of the spirit and uh, uh, he was anointed. He was anointed by Samuel. And it says, from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David. And then the description that, that Saul's servants give Saul of David, it says this, um, I have seen the son of Jesse at Bethlehem. He knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior, and he speaks well and is a fine looking man, and the Lord is with him. So we have kind of some natural abilities there. He's a, he's a harp player. Saul was distressed, and, and he was only comforted when somebody would play the harp. So he enlisted David to, to come and play for him and, and calm him down. Um, he, he was brave. He was a warrior. Uh, and, and I always think of, when I, when I think of David, it reminds me of an opportunity I had a, a few years ago to, to speak at a warrior's graduation. Uh, that this was in Kenya, in the Maasai Desert. And, and I, I was asked to, to speak to these, these young warriors who had come of age and were now going to be, uh, I, I don't know if it's graduated, but they would be sent out as warriors. And I thought, what can I say to these, these dignified, strong Maasai warriors? And, and I thought immediately of David and, and I shared of David and, and his secret. The secret of David was not his good looks or that he spoke well or that he was brave. But David's secret is in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And this is David probably writing later on in his life. But, but that was a secret of David's success. That was a secret of David's uh, bravery and so on was that the Lord was a shepherd. And I wonder if the Lord is your shepherd today. Um, he wasn't perfect though, was he? When you, when you read the, the, the stories of David, there's some great successes, there's some great victories, but there are also some big defeats. 
when he sleeps with Bathsheba, who, who was another man's wife, and then eventually commits murder and kills her husband and so on. It's a, it's a catalog, a downward spiral in David's life. Also, when he was being chased by Saul and, and would, uh, would cower and hide and fear and actually ended up living with the Philistines for a period of time and acting like a madman. Uh, um, so he certainly was not perfect. And, and I find that incredibly encouraging uh, when I think of David, who, who the Lord would phrase as a man after God's own heart, that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He doesn't, he, he doesn't count our failures, but, but actually he, he, he looks to our hearts and wants to use us despite that. And I think David is a, is a great encouragement of that. But I think the key thing here, the key thing for, for David's victory was that he recognized whose battle it was. Let me read um, chapter 17, verse 45. David said to the Philistines, you, to the Philistines, so he's saying to Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord's hand, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give you give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gathered will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. So David recognized that actually it wasn't his strength or his bravery, but actually it was because the battle is the Lord's. And and with that, I just want to finish by by looking at how do we defeat our giants? Because we face giants in many ways, don't we? It can be some besetting sin. It can be challenges uh, externally to us, but also can be uh, challenges within. In Ephesians chapter 2, uh, Paul speaks of, of, of really our, our three enemies, which is the world, because um, the influence of Satan in the world is, is pretty obvious, isn't it? You just need to look at the news headlines. But also um, the devil himself, as he as he... Uh, twists and and coerces us into doing things we we don't want to do, but also our sinful nature, the fact that we have a fallen sinful nature. So we have we have those enemies, and uh, how do we defeat our giants? So let, let's look at a couple of things here as we finish. Well, I think first of all we need to recognize that actually our enemy, uh, the, the devil, Satan, the 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 uh, opposers of, of 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 God, are a formidable force, just like um, Goliath was formidable. So we need to recognize that, that, that this is no uh, walk in the park, that, that he is a formidable force. Ephesians 6, 16 says, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the firing darts of the enemy. So he, he comes at us with fiery darts and they can be disguised in so many ways. In fact, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says that the devil um, disguises himself. He masquerades as different things. And, and the subtleness, I think, you know, perhaps, as, as Peter says, the devil's like a roaring lion. Um, and maybe a roaring lion is easy to see, but, but a masquerading, subtle, clever enemy is more difficult. And so we need to recognize that our enemy is a formidable force in many ways. Our enemy is also fearful. You know, when we think of a roaring lion, there's nothing more scary, perhaps, than, than coming across a lion uh, when you're unarmed and on your own. So, so our enemy is fearful. Our enemy is also defying God. So just like the is, just like Goliath was defying not just Israel, but actually was defying God. In the same way, our enemy, when he comes against us, is not just attacking us, but actually he's attacking God because God lives within us. 
So ultimately, they, they are defying him. But our, our enemy can be defeated. And I love what James says as he tells, tells his readers. He says, resist the devil. So that encouraged me to think that, yes, we can. We can resist him. Even his, his masquerading and, and subtle schemes, we can resist the devil. And, and I think the same as, as David, where he says, the battle is the Lord's. I find that the most encouraging. Let me read you just a, a few verses from Ephesians. Uh, we have kind of a great picture of, of what the Lord Jesus has accomplished for us. And, and maybe, maybe to be encouraged today that, that actually the battle is the Lord's. And not only is it his, but he's actually already accomplished it. And in chapter, in chapter one, at the end of chapter one, we get this, Paul speaks of, of where Jesus is now. It says, um, that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted. So this is referring to God, um, his, his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So when he raised Christ from the dead and he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So we have this, this picture of, of Jesus having been raised from the dead. And where is he now? He's seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realms. And it says he's far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, title that can be given. And, uh, and everything is under him. He's, he's seated there with, with all these things under, thing, under him. And God has placed all things under his feet. So Jesus has defeated all of those things. And then if you read in, in, in chapter 6, we recognize it says that um, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your scheme against the devil's, take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. So our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against something that's already been conquered because these things are already where Christ is seated. He's above the heavenly realms. He's above all these evil forces. So he's up there. So how does that, how does that encourage us? Well, you just need to read chapter two, verse, um, verse six. And God raised us up with Christ and has seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So, so really, in a nutshell, I want, to, I want you to be encouraged that the battle is the Lord's. And he's already done it. He's already, Christ, God has already raised Christ and seated him above all these things. And actually, uh, in our position to God, we have also been raised. But we do have uh, a, a battle against the spiritual forces right now. But it's already accomplished. It's already taken care of. And I think that's what, what Paul's getting at when he, he goes on to say, Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. In other words, the, the belt of truth is really the fact that the battles are the Lord's. It's his and he will do it. He's, he's done it and he will do it. So my encouragement today, and, and I don't know what, what fiery darts are, are being slung in your direction, but, but stand firm. The battle is the Lord's. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all that you have accomplished for us. Thank you that, uh, that you have, have conquered the enemy. You've conquered death. You've conquered sin. And you have raised us up. We're now alive with you, seated with you in the heavenly realms. 
We recognize uh, our momentary battle that we're in right now. But Father, help us to stand firm knowing that you have already done it. Father, you know um, the things that we'll be going through today. Thank you that, that it doesn't surprise you. And thank you that you are with us every moment of the day. In Jesus' name, amen.